This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about a hard conversation. Yeah, I've, it is a hard conversation, but I think it's an important one. Yeah. So we're going to talk about suicide today. Mm-hmm. But first, how was your day? In complete vulnerability, I had a little bit of a rough day. Or, not a rough day. My day was actually fine, but my evening was rough. Yeah. Um, um, listener, it's almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're just now on the second podcast. And we got this one and two more to record. Yep. So, we're running on a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day, and... There's a lot of stuff that happens when you wake up at 5.30 and it's 11 Mm o'clock and your day's not even close to being done. Yeah. Because I still have, I mean, we got to finish what we're doing here and then I still have to edit tomorrow's podcast and upload it. Yep. So, yeah, I I had a bit of a rough evening Um, just dealing with some stuff in myself i'm doing some hard personal work and searching and just had a bit of a rough evening i get it i had a decent day today good um i say decent um i would actually say it was pretty good good um yeah so i've spent the last so last week was really hard. Um but this week um has has been a lot better. Good. Um I was extremely productive today. Did got a lot of work done both for my day job which you unlock. Um got a lot of work done for my day job, for wellhouse stuff, um homework stuff like Extremely productive and just boom, 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 boom. And then I did some extra stuff. Like uh, I started one of those Bible Project classroom classes, which honestly, listener, if you didn't know that was a thing, go to BibleProject.com slash classroom. You can get some free graduate level seminary courses. Um. Do Tim that. Mackey is legit. He's good. And they also have some other people on their staff teaching classes too. <laughs> they they have some other people they brought onto their podcast yep. that are on their staff that I think are pretty good. Yeah. Um I don't agree with everything Tim says. No, not everyone. But I recommend Bible Project to everyone. Absolutely. Um so free seminary classes, you get a certificate at the end. They're not accredited, but yeah. you could put it on your resume saying that you have certificate if you're in ministry yeah um so and it's free and it's free do it (laughs) and it's gonna be quality that's the deal and the platform is amazing anyways i started one of those classes today and um so yeah um it was a good day good it was a good day anyways i felt myself trying to postpone this conversation so, we have to define it. Suicide 
is death caused by, quote, self-injurious behavior with intent. It's um, a good definition. Yeah. Um, now, there's a difference between suicide and suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation um, is thinking about feeling the desire to want to kind of deal. Um, so there, that needs to be set up because I'm going to be using both of those terms and you need to know which one means what. Um, so to first start off, um, kind of addressing some stigma and also addressing terms. Um, instead of saying that someone committed suicide, we should say that someone was lost to suicide or died by suicide. Um, because saying that someone committed suicide... Um, almost feels victim blaming. Um, almost puts the whole blame on them. Um, <coughs> the choice that they made that they did when in reality there were environmental and emotional factors that contributed to that state of mind that led them to that point. Mm. Um. <clears throat> Let me say, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't like the language of lost them to suicide, but at the same point, I don't like the language of they passed away. Yeah. Um, there's also the other option that they died by suicide. Yeah, that one I'm okay with. I don't like the language of we lost them to suicide, but that speaks more to my theology of death. Yeah. more than, I don't like the language of pass away. Yeah. Because when you put it in a Pauline theology, Paul says all will pass away. Well, it's like, no, we, they didn't pass away. They died awaiting resurrection. Yeah. It's not like things have gone to end. Um, so that's just more a personal thing. I, yeah. I'm much more happy with getting rid of <coughs> saying they committed suicide in order to say they died by suicide. I'm okay with that. I don't like the language of past. That's or we fine. lost them. That's fine. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and this one is less common, but instead of saying... Uh, that someone had an unsuccessful suicide, we say that they attempted suicide. Um, most people accept that language now. I've never heard someone say unsuccessful suicide. I didn't know that that was a thing. It, it is, um, but like I said, like it's much less common now. Um, but it, it's one of those things that like it still needed to be stated. Got you. Um, so... Non-suicidal self-injury 
historically people like to equate to suicide. Does not necessarily mean that someone is suicidal. But it is a risk factor for it. Hmm. I was thinking about what's that guy that you sent me a video of on Instagram. He does those little mental Matthias health. Matthias J. Barker. Yes. The other day, I was watching one of his... A uh, great account. You uh, fantastic. should go follow. You, you absolutely should go follow. Should. I was watching one of his, his clips on Instagram, and he was talking about depression and self-harm. And he was like... He was talking about the idea that um, the depression... The emotions that I feel are so intense. So what I try to do to mask that has to be equally as much, if mm-hmm. not more than. Yep. Therefore, when I self-harm, it needs to feel as painful, if not more than, the pain that I feel inside. <laughs> Which is also why it's an escalation. Yep. Um. But just because you self-harm or someone self-harm, self-harms, it does not necessarily mean that they are suicidal. It is a risk factor for suicidal behavior. Do you know the percent of people that commit suicide that also committed self-harm? No. Um. All I know is that data suggests that they are not one-to-one. Yeah, that's fine. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't have expected they would be. Yeah. Um, you would be surprised, though. Most people would think that they are. Hmm. So, I've got a lot of data from the CDC. Um, the CDC? The CDC. Believe it or not, they have a lot of information on suicide. Interesting. And this was all published this year, but it was it's all data that came from 2019. Um, okay. Also, listener, I'm sorry. I like I'm coughing. I'm something's aggravated my throat. It's all right. It happens to the best of us, buddy. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in America. Ooh. At least in twenty nineteen. Um, this is the most recent data that I could find. How many causes of death are there? No idea. Oh, well, that would be helpful information. <laughs> I don't know, though. Um, what percent of deaths annually are su- suicidal? Um, or are people committing or well, dying by suicide? I'm getting to that. Oh, okay, my bad. 47,500 deaths in 2019 were attributed to suicide. Nationwide? Nationwide. Which, perspective, there's about... Well, hold on. Okay. That's about one death every 11 minutes. Yeah. Um, you stop. You set a timer for 11 minutes. That timer goes off. Someone just committed suicide. Put that into perspective for you. Yeah. If that doesn't break you heart, if that doesn't break your heart, I don't know what does. Yeah. Well, look, man. Part of it is <clears throat> we're so desensitized. Yeah. I mean, 
Like, I just know offhand that in any given year, only in Texas, there will be roughly 10,000 people die by car accident. Mm-hmm. It's just like we experience death at such a real rate that, number one, we largely become desensitized to things, conversations about death. But the other part is, is that it can have one, one of two effects on the gospel. The death is so perplexing that the gospel and the, the proclamation of life becomes so real or because you're desensitized by death, the gospel of life means nothing. Yeah. So the CDC agreed, by the way. Um, the CDC quotes the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration their 2019 National Survey on Drug Use and Health. Um, and so I went to this survey and pulled this data. Um, in 2019, 12, min- 12 million American adults thought about suicide. 3.5 million planned in a suicide attempt. 1.4 million actually attempted. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's only the people that reported. And that's only the people that reported. That yeah. means all of these numbers that we have given you, if you have not figured this out, listener, all of these numbers that we have given you on this podcast are guaranteeably higher. Yeah. Do you know why, Cullen? Well, yeah. I'm, yeah, because people don't tell. Why? I, why do they not tell? Well, part of it's a stigma. Part of it's because there's lack of community. Part of it is they may feel they have no one. I mean, it could be yep. a number of different things. But like, I like if that statistic we're going out this year. Yep. I'm not including that. No. But six months ago, yeah, I was having suicidal ideations. I yeah. wanted to end my life. I was feeling so much pain from the experience of being cheated on and my impending divorce and, and all the betrayal and all, all the things that come with that. Like, yeah, it, there's so much pain and trauma in the world. Yeah. And the way you feel like you don't have a way to cope with it leads to this, but, but you can't tell someone that because what happens? They naturally go, Oh, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. I have to have you committed yep. to an insane asylum. We yep. don't call them that anymore, but it's we got you got to go to loony facility. Bin. Yeah, but but like we have all these pejorative ways of referring to it that yep. just further the stigma. Yeah, and a part of that, and I've talked about this before, is related to a larger policy issue. Yeah, um, about our residential facilities for people struggling with mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost feels like a prison. Some of them, um, which that you also have to pay to go to that. You also have to pay to go to, which all of that just screams dysfunction. Uh, yeah. Um, so policymakers, if you're listening to this, which I highly doubt that you are change that, please. It's terrible. For the love of all that is good. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, I'm actually going to skip that. Um, 
So the causes for suicide and suicidal behavior. You kind of already touched on this, but we're... Trauma. Fundamentally, yes, but that actually comes later. Um, a need for escape or relief from seemingly unmanageable thoughts and feelings. Yep. Or a desire to communicate with or influence another person. Yep. For you, where do you think that you fell in that with your suicidal ideation? What do you mean? Which which one of those categories? Which that is not. Ask him again or tell me him again. So the, these two categories are not all inclusive, but these are the main ones that we see. Okay. Um, a need for escape or relief from seemingly unmanageable thoughts and feelings or a desire to c- communicate with or influence another person. First one. It was absolutely, I spent my whole life, you can even ask, you can ask anyone that knew me in high school, I could maybe count on two hands the amount of nights in high school that I was not asleep by 1030. Yeah. I always slept and slept a lot. Um, when you go through very real trauma, in the moment, you cope with it however you can. However you can, and it impacts you in ways you never would have expected. For me, um, I don't want to be too graphic because I don't want this to get blocked for people that have um, like Big Brother softwares, but you can understand that me being cheated on by my wife, um, I was afraid of my dreams. I could not sleep because I was afraid of the dreams that I was having that I could not turn off. I absolutely wanted to kill myself because I could not control the way my mind was tormenting me. So not to make light of that, please don't hear me moving on as this. Um, But that's a good segue. Go ahead. Because major depressive disorder and lots of other mood disorders are a risk factor. Yeah. I believe for that. suicide. Mm-hmm. And I was depressed out of my mind. You were. Yeah. I mean, you depressed. were there through all of it. More depressed than I've ever seen you in my entire life. Yeah. Um, in a study from 2005, which I'm about to use some terms. If you don't remember them, it's okay. Um, just go back, refresh yourself, Google them. Um, a study from 2005 shows that 57% of people that committed suicide um, had a depressive disorder. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. Actually, I would have thought it had been higher. Well, we're, you're about to get your higher number. Oh, okay. Or about to compound that higher number. Okay. A study from 2008 shows that 43% of people who committed suicide had other mood disorders. Mm, okay. That's where you get your higher number. Yeah. Um, And all of that fundamentally comes from trauma. Yeah. Um, Whether it's physical or sexual abuse, exposure to previous suicides from other people, um, past experiences with suicidal behavior, attempts, or ideation. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that list honestly could go on. Yeah. It's that's not the, that is what we see a lot of and so that is what I included. Yeah. But that list is not all inclusive. This yeah. is the thing that you have to remember about mental health is it is dependent on the individual. Yep. Everything. Yep. Is dependent on the individual person. It is not helpful to try to generalize these things. No. I mean, the only thing that you can really generalize is trauma and the effects of trauma upon people. And not even really that. No. Other than to be able to say that trauma will have an effect. Yeah. And the way it manifests may not be there. But and, but even down to what is trauma is relative. Yeah, but I think all of our listeners know that we feel that way. Absolutely. Um, but everything about this conversation is subjective is subjective to the individual yeah everything and listener i just realized this is let's talk this is probably the first time that you've heard of my impending divorce um i talked about it a little bit yesterday on a closer look i've also talked about it for the last few weeks on pints and perspective you can go there and hear that story um just for time's sake, I'm not going to tell it here, but that was all going on since the entire time we've been doing this series on mental health. And a lot of this series has been about trauma. And I've talked about my experiences of trauma a little bit without trying to be too revealing before I was ready to talk about something this impactful for me. But I've said time and time and time again, when we talk about trauma, is that when people experience very real trauma, they go into survival mode. You do whatever you can to survive. <clears throat> Unfortunately, suicide is the place you come to when survival is no longer worth fighting for. <clears throat> when you've reached a place where you've just decided that it's no longer worth it for me to try to fight through this pain. And so you die by suicide yeah, because it's just not worth it. The, the pain outweighs any drive you have to live because the pain has overtaken you and you no longer feel that you can survive with that pain. And that's just, it, as terrible and desensitized as this sounds, I can only say it because I've been there. But it makes sense that when you're trying to survive trauma, that when you can't do it, you choose to end your life. Yeah. I mean, it... It only makes sense. I, I remember living at home with my parents, 28 years old, married with two kids, and spending almost half the time living at home with my parents. <clears throat> I remember trying to survive in very unhealthy ways. I remember drinking too much one night. And I remember our mother sitting with me all night as I wept like a little child saying, I have to kill him or kill myself. 
because I can't live this way anymore. There's just only so much a person can take without being in pursuit of real healing. And I'll be honest, it was that moment when I woke up the next morning remembering what had happened. I I honestly, and I, I really do believe that this is just somewhat the luck of the draw. I just remember waking up that morning and going, I can't live this way anymore. Not in a, I'm going to continue down the road of suicide, but like I've got to find a new way of healing because what I'm doing is no longer sufficient. Listener, if you are there, if you were at the place that I was six months ago, I am begging you to reach out to me. Healing is possible. It's not easy. I'm learning the difficulty of it right now. But you don't have to end your life to be able to heal from the pain. That's not the only way you can escape the pain. I'm going to skip a lot of the content that I had written down because it it doesn't feel important anymore. There is one more thing that I have to say that is extremely important. My brother, the person that I consider one of my best friends that I love more than most people in this world, was feeling suicidal. And I had no idea. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I had thoughts. Yeah. I had you wondered, thought that I would be there, but I had wondered if he was. And you remember us having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when he told me that he had been, I was kicking myself in the butt. Yeah. <clears throat> because I know better and I know data that I'm about to share with you that says that asking, if you think someone is considering and thinking about and having suicidal ideation, asking about it does not implant the thought in their head. Right. No, you asking me wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have done anything. All it, if anything, asking is only helpful. It opens a line of communication. It opens a line of communication. It allows for early intervention, which data also shows is essential. Yeah. Because also data shows that if you attempt and fail, that you are at risk for further attempts in the future. Right. Well, and that's why I said I was lucky because it just so happened, and this was genuinely, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink to cope with pain. That's not, I drink, but it's not to cope with pain. I rarely ever overserve myself. This just happened literally, you know, like a one-time thing. I wasn't even necessarily drinking to cope. 
It was just one of those things you started. and Yeah, and it just happened. And I kind of just was there and realized what had happened. But it's only because I did that and I never do that that I was honest with our mother. Yeah. Had I not overserved myself, I don't know that I ever would have told a soul, which also probably would have put me in more danger of actually attempting it because I wouldn't, nobody would have. Nobody would have known. <clears throat> nobody yeah. would have known. Nobody would have known. And, and that's the thing that is so scary, listener. No matter what side of this conversation that you're on, whether you're the loved one or you're the person with actual suicidal ideation. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're the person with suicidal ideation, know that you are loved. Mm, yeah. That you are cared for. That there are places that you can go. One is with us. Yeah. Two, and I know that you know this is there. I know that you know this because everyone knows this. One of the most popular rappers in modern times, Logic, has an album titled with the suicide hotline number. Mm. That is the title of his album. I know, listener, that you know that there are places that you can go. Yeah. Please don't be afraid. Yeah. And for the family members, the loved ones, the friends, learn from my mistake. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to check in. Because you might not get a chance to. Yeah. Um, and when you put that into perspective, it can change things. You could literally save someone's life. Don't be afraid. Because guess what? Jesus didn't like it. He got up on that cross for you. He bore your pain, your sin, your trauma. If you're the loved one of someone that you think might be struggling, and Jesus did that for you, you need to be willing to do that for them too.